endowed tragic features to their characters, to other to characters otherwise who are ambitious or who are greatly talented. Okay? These are all archetypal characters. Tragic heroes are all archetypal characters, but with the variations. It is this variation which lent color, importance, and popularity to the characters. Now you see, if you take a note of Marlowe's tragic characters, Tamburlaine the Great, Tamburlaine the Great, he is a ruthless Scythian shepherd who rises to be an emperor. Tamburlaine, Taimunlo, that's the, Tamburlaine is the anglicized term, okay? Anglicized word or version of Taimunlo. Uh, so, uh, and you, you uh, I mean, um, in case of Edward II also, as well as in the case of Dr. Faustus also, archetypal characters enjoy popularity with the subtle variation which the dramatist allows these characters to have. Like, Edward II does not allow that level of popularity as Dr. Faustus does or even Tamerlane the Great does. Okay, because he is comparatively passive. He is comparatively passive, less ambitious, more <coughs> prone, prone to recline rather than act. That's why lack of activity, his passivity, his inertness renders him less popular than Dr. Faustus and Tamerlane the Great. Both ruth ruthless, one for knowledge, another one for power. But they are all archetypal tragic heroes constructed on one frame having a different set of flesh and color and complexion. Okay, it is this flesh, color and complexion that adds to their level of popularity. That's why this archetype, this particular phrase is important in your study of what a tragic hero should be like. Uh, you might as well google out archetypal characteristics and tragic hero that's that's how you should google it out so that you can bring out archetypal characteristics in a tragic hero and post is one of them